Welcome to Every Horror Movie on Netflix, the show where we watch, review, and discuss every horror movie on Netflix. And uh, I'm Chris, back again with Patrick. Hello, Chris. And Steven. Hey, guys. And uh, what'd we do this week, guys? I barely remember at this point. (laughs) We did a bunch of fun things this week. I mean, one of the most fun things I did this week was intently follow the results of our Cirque du Freak competition that was launched at the end of last episode. Um, There was a really uh, exciting vote tally that turned out on the poll that we posted on our Facebook. Um, Chris's Cirque du Freak team got two votes. Mine got two votes. Steven, I'm sorry, yours did not get any votes. You need to campaign harder next time. Well, there were only four votes. I mean, I almost feel better for being left out of it. But, But this will make everybody feel better. On Instagram, the Cirque du Freak competition blew the fuck up there were three separate posts on our instagram announcing our, our cirques du freak and for those who missed this we picked our dream lineup of freaks from all the movies that we've seen so far um five apiece right that's right we each picked five do you guys want to hear the results as far as instagram likes yes okay steven just to remind everyone picked mal bolja from spawn gerald from 13 cameras the moonlight man from gerald's game the avalanche shark from avalanche sharks and the canker man from before i wake Came out with 21 Instagram likes. Nice job, Stephen. Thank you. Good job, That's Steven. a solid team. I will stick by that team. Chris drafted Art the Clown from Terrifier, The Baby from Anti-Birth, Krampus from A Christmas Horror Story, Prince Veer from 1920 London, best known as the antagonist to our man Jay, and Jason, Uber Jason, Sicko Mode Jason from Jason X. All icons. Absolutely. Chris got 22 votes. Or likes womp womp that's more than steven oh it is 26 yeah. okay yeah all right yeah. You <laughs> and you got a like from shutter sounds- oh that's right yeah you got a like from shutter it sounds so. like a good really job. low number <laughs> it's good it's good okay. i mean we have like 86 instagram followers okay. so this is great okay what'd you get patrick that's me picked baba from baskin the creature from the ritual the three-headed shark from three-headed shark attack it from it follows and spawn from spawn I came out with 23 likes, eking out the win, but... So 21, 22, and 23, they're seriously that close? Yeah, Yeah. it's a close race. It's a close race. But, you know, Chris and I tied in the... uh, the poll on Facebook, so, you know, I think think you might say that... uh, I won the Electoral College. I, I think this just goes to show that people are willing to like shit on social media, but not go to the polls. Absolutely. Because the the post on Instagram encouraged people to visit the link in our bio to vote on the poll. All these people liked it. No one voted on the poll. So Low voter turnout. We're all winners today. Come on, guys. Get it together. You can You can make that extra click and vote on our next really important thing that we ask you to engage with. Yeah, I right. mean, has the poll closed? Can they still vote? Uh, there's still time. It's still okay. open. It's, it's still open. I don't know if I even set an ending on it. <laughs> I actually just changed the link in our bio on Instagram, though, so they'll have to do some work to find uh. it at this point. But yeah, you know, you can check us out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff. We like to hear from you. Go on our iTunes, leave a review if you love us that much. We always appreciate it keeps the morale high for when we have a week like this week when we watched netflix originals clinical that was our job this week we checked ourselves into the clinic 
We're dead. Did we do anything else this week? I did. Anything else we can talk about before we get into clinical? Because <laughs> I'm just trying to buy time here, guys. <laughs> I, did I really least. want to avoid this. Movie. I mean, Oscars are coming up. We've been watching the Oscars, you know? Yeah. Or, or I, I've been watching the Oscar nominated films, I should say. You have been sprinting through the Oscar nominated films. Yeah, all in one week. I've watched four. Wow. I got four to go. And you you kind of do we're, this every year, right? I Last year or the year before, two years ago, I tried, didn't make it. Last year, I didn't make an effort. No, no, but I mean, you always kind of do it at the last minute. And I always wonder if it's just procrastination or if you enjoy just the concentrated watching them all in the week before the I Oscars. I just panic because I feel like I'm about to be left out of something. Uh, yeah. Left um, out of the zeitgeist. Left out of the zeitgeist. But it's really a bad idea to do this. I've decided that it's really just turning over the uh, autonomy of your free time over to, like, some geriatric academy voters in, like, some stuffy building in L.A. who, you know, are like, I think the greatest actress of our time is Sandra Bullock. <laughs> <laughs> so certainly better movies have come out this year that I'd be more interested in watching. But I've been doing that. It's It's been an experience. Yeah. Any major revelations so far, Chris? No, so no. I, I I've only watched half the movies so far. My fa- I've watched Black Panther, A Star Is Born, Bohemian Rhapsody, and Black Klansman. I would say of the four, Black Klansman is the only movie I would really welcome into the best picture debate. Mm. You know, this is interesting. We were talking about this yesterday. I mean, I think this is a uniquely bad year in so many ways for the Oscars. I hate so many nominees and so many things and people who are favored who are favored to win. Um, but Chris asked me yesterday, he was like, what would your best picture pick be? I got to go with Black Panther, which didn't quite make my top 10 list for this year. But out of those eight films, there's nothing else that quite, quite hits the spot for me. I can't believe Black Panther came out in 2018. It feels like that movie's been around well, so for early. years now. Yeah, it came out like February last year, which is also unusual that a movie that comes out that early in the year actually makes it through to the Oscars. Yeah, that's one of my longest uh, held grievances with the academy that like they don't remember anything that came out earlier than like november mm-hmm. but they're doing a better job this year yeah. but by the time this episode comes out everyone will know how the oscars went down so probably no one gives a shit about what we have to say <laughs> about them who knows what's going to happen at the oscars like we might not even want to associate ourselves with that <laughs> <laughs> you never know you never know. So one other fun thing I did this week before we get to the much less fun thing clinical. that we, we did. Oh, I did some clinical. stuff too. You did some stuff. Too. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. you take a turn. What did you, what fun things did you do that weren't watching clinical this week? Well, I don't know. I should stop referring to clinical as a fun thing because it wasn't. I it mean, was not, to, not, not to show my hand, but I, I mean, kind of the reason we're beating around the bush here is because. I mean, clinical fucking sucks. Sucked. I, I wouldn't say it fucking sucked, but it, it it is a sleepy movie. Yeah. So what fun thing did you do? So would you view it cute or screw it? Um, <laughs> we'll get to that. I saw my crazy. first Final Destination movie this week. Oh, that's weird. I was talking to somebody about Final Destination actually earlier this week. Did that just come on Netflix? Is that they why must it's in the have. discussion. Yeah. yeah, yeah, At least the first three. I was hanging with my friend Matt, and he insisted we watch it instead of Clinical. And he asked me if I wanted car crash, plane crash, or roller coaster. And of course, I picked roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Final Destination two or three? I think it's I three. I anyway, haven't seen any of them. 
it was a fucking blast. Yeah. These movies are so fun. I look forward to, to watching the entire franchise. Oh, good. Dude, I, me too. We're halfway there. I think I saw the... Um, It'll just be another year and a half. <laughs> I think I saw the first one. And the series holds a special place in my heart, of course, because it's from Glenn Morgan and James Wong, who were mm-hmm. X-Files alumni. So, really? Oh, yeah. Did they produce or write? Or? They were mostly writers. James Wong uh, directed this one. Uh, they might have been directors, too. But uh, like wow. a lot of the great Monster of the Week episodes from like, the first uh, two seasons, mostly, were, were Glenn Morgan and James Wong. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I mean, yeah, highly recommend Looking it. forward to that. Yeah. I, might, I might skip ahead and watch those in advance. In fact, fun fact I just forgot about, Final Destination was actually written to be an X-Files episode. Mm-hmm. And then it got wow. retooled into a feature film. Wow. Yeah. Huh. There may or may not actually be a draft floating around online of the Final Destination X-Files episode. Hmm. Yeah. I'm so much more fascinated by this franchise than I ever was before. Aren't there like five of them? I think so. Yeah. And they're doing a reboot, right? Oh. Yep. They're doing a reboot with um, the writers of Saw 3, 4, and 5 or oh, something like right. that. Oh, that's right. We yeah. talked about this on the What a Disaster podcast. Yeah. That's right. All right, so can we talk about uh, a Netflix horror movie today? Well, one more fun thing that I did that, re- that relates to horror on Netflix okay. this week. I watched Haunters, which has been in the queue for a while. I, it's, it, so it's, for those who don't know, it's a documentary about haunted houses, those who create them. And when I first saw this, I was like, that sounds really interesting because I love haunted houses. And I'm always sort of fascinated by, you know, beyond the obvious stereotype of just a... 16 year old high schooler who puts on a rubber mask because he needs to make some money like who is involved in putting these things together so i threw it on on the queue and i don't generally watch documentaries that often but the other night i just i just needed something fun and it seemed like that would be fun and goddamn did it deliver that was really entertaining i learned a lot um i was fascinated by how much of a community there is around this stuff yeah. like there's one woman uh, you've seen this right Steve? Uh-huh. um there's a woman in there who's like known as a legendary scarer like she's known in the haunted house community for just being great at what she does which fascinated me there's a lot of stuff about these extreme haunts which i had heard about before like this shit where they just you know basically literally torture you like you throw up and they push your own puke into your mouth and they like beat you up and like strip you and just all this shit which I had heard about before, but it was really fascinating to actually delve deeper into some of that stuff and find out about the very quirky and somewhat questionable people who put that stuff together. Can't recommend Haunters highly enough. Really enjoyed it. Did you enjoy it, Steve? Oh, I loved it. Yeah. yeah. It's been a while since I've seen it. I can't remember. Does it get into those like haunts that extend out into the real world? Where like people like follow you around or like pick you up in long black cars and shit. There were elements of that okay. to a couple of them, yeah. Um, where people were describing like their experience at McCamey Manor is kind of the most famous or most notorious one. And someone was talking about how like a van showed up and they were like, "Get in," you know. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's fucking weird. And there's like a, a waiting list of twenty seven thousand people. I mean, I understand that lots of people want such an extreme experience, but I was stunned that that many people were on the waiting list for this one particular extreme haunt just lots of wild people who are involved in this shit fascinating documentary that's a that's a view it that's a view it for me view it for me too you check bo- it out you've, you've both recommended it to me and it's in my queue but i haven't gotten around to it yet because i'm busy watching every horror movie on netflix <laughs> Except the, haunters. The, the real experience in, in masochism and ultimate terror is... <laughs> yeah, the true extreme haunt. <laughs> Which brings us to Clinical, this week's movie. Wait, I have one more fun thing to talk I'm, about. I bet have we talked do. about I'm Russian Dahlia? I bet you do. 
<laughs> we have not All talked right. about Russian Doll. We probably should. So, uh, yeah. so Clinical. Clinical is a Netflix original movie. And I was just, well, you guys were talking it about... It feels like a Lifetime original movie. It, Did anybody else get it, that vibe? No, it does. It does. Um, I mean, that's what Netflix is doing now, though. Like, you, the series... I, did we talk about this on the show already? I don't remember, no, but it was know. a Lifetime series. So. You was a Lifetime series that failed on Lifetime. And Netflix, like, looks at it and is like, this looks good. Let's pick it up. And now it's a big success. They're making a second one, hmm. you know? Well, uh, good for them. Fascinating. Yeah, I was just looking up... Um, while you're talking about haunters the production team of clinical like the actual financers because mm. i was a little curious about kind of how a movie like this gets financed um and it's two of the executive producers are actually netflix personnel so i'm wondering if netflix actually wrote the check to make the movie you that know? might be a first as far as these go at least the ones we've seen um so i don't know i, I can't really find anything about it online but is that true aren't there a lot at the, i mean i know that they pick up a lot of films but aren't there i mean it wasn't like hill house i mean didn't they write the check and produce that all in-house yeah that was for sure but i don't or think like there's Roma been any other movie that we've whatever. reviewed on the show yeah, oh, yeah. oh that we've reviewed yeah. okay yeah but gotcha. like so these guys have produced not every netflix original but things like you know 1922 and gerald's game and i don't feel at home in this world anymore and things like that so some of the things mm. that i guess came out of the netflix system a bit more rather than something they just bought so mm. maybe they actually paid for this movie i don't know uh, but it's a pretty simple movie we got a woman uh named jane who i call the poor man's uma thurman um <laughs> She's a psychotherapist. She's a psychotherapist. And basically the premise of the movie is she was attacked by a young patient that she failed in helping. And she's traumatized by this experience. And very first scene in the movie, like she walks yeah. in on this little girl, a little girl slits her throat in a very, it's, it's very um, scene. sixth sense. The way it opens where you got the therapist who's being confronted by his failed charge and attacked. Uh, and then we see her a couple years later. She's still struggling with like the PTSD from this experience. And she is, she's trying to get back to her normal life, but normal therapy kind of bores her. She needs to be uh, doing therapy for like, high risk and 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 trauma victim trauma victim yeah, she specializes like in that. what is what does she call it? confrontation therapy something like that yeah so a man which she never really does she only ever conducts like very standard therapy sessions yeah. like i've been to therapy and these are basically just therapy sessions except with a therapist who's not very fucking good most i know of the i time. could do like that. she never does this con whatever the fuck confrontation therapy is sounds interesting that'd be an sure. interesting movie i'd watch a movie where like something called confrontation therapy happened and it was actually something unique but she just does bad therapies and not in the sense that she like ugh. Yeah, never mind. I already made my point. These therapy Fuck scenes this. are boring as hell, though. They like they could function as ASMR. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I thought I thought they were fine because the only therapy sessions we really get a look into is when she gets this one patient that she doesn't really want because she's trying to get over her own trauma, and he's been in a horrible accident. He's wearing he just received a face transplant, and so he's sitting there with his creepy face trying to get his life back on track. And uh, really, for the first. 40 50 60 70 minutes of this movie you don't really know what it's about (laughs) (laughs) here what the conflict is here for the first 40 50 60 well no maybe 40 maybe 45 minutes of this movie so she also has a cop boyfriend 
um, who we hear a lot about. She talks a lot about, but for a long time, we don't really see them interact. Mm -hmm. And when we do, he has the cop boyfriend, Miles, has this distinctive haircut that is very similar to the trauma victim with the fucked up face. And for a long time, like both characters were often like shown in like some degree of obscurity where you couldn't see the face that well. And for a long time, cause this is a movie that just sets you up. You just know it's going to have a stupid fucking twist. Yeah. And for the longest time I was like, Holy shit. Her boyfriend is the dude from the accident. Is and it the then, same actor? No, no, okay. no, no, no. He's not this. He's not the boyfriend. No, no I, no, I know no, that, that, but I'm just asking if, like, because just it looks for a so long similar. Time, that is what I was expecting for okay, some reason. Okay. The that, haircut is uncannily similar. Well, and also the haircut is completely not what you would expect uh, from a cop. Like, yeah, and I, I don't I, remember this haircut at he all. He has like this luscious, like almost shoulder length, shaggy kind of hair, and I, I that's my memory of. I don't know. I don't know about sh- I, 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 wavy. At least it's very wavy. It's it's well coiffed. It's long. You know, it's not your typical kind of cop buzz cut. It just looks like a generic pretty boy movie haircut, which also contributes to the whole like lifetime effect with this movie. Mm-hmm. That I was think. it was kind of weird because I was like, I don't know if you if you have a character who's a cop, why wouldn't you just give him the cop haircut instead of make he you know, he looks like he's Serpico or something? Um, <laughs> yeah, but. You know a movie's bad when we're <laughs> when in our discussion about it, maybe ten minutes in we're talking about haircuts. We're going deep into the haircuts, yeah. <laughs> but I finally decided about forty minutes into this movie that okay, so really the conflict here is this patient she's working with and whether or not she's gonna get him to have a breakthrough and recover and that the key to her recovery from her trauma is going to be helping this man recover from his trauma and i was okay with that i was actually semi-invested in that storyline i thought the performances were good i'm not saying the characters were that interesting but i thought the acting was fine better than i expected i was drawn into kind of the the relationship between jane and um alex was the guy without a face i wanted to see how that played out now around the periphery of that storyline we have all this like boilerplate netflix horror movie stuff where there's the girl from the first scene who is like just out of frame running around like a spook knocking things over maybe she's on the property maybe she's not maybe she's in your house maybe she's not blah 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 and it does become clear that this girl is actually still alive so it actually might be her and that she's actually out of the asylum too but for a while we yeah, assume she's she like, somehow survived just opening her entire fucking throat and just blood gushing out of her jugular do you have a jugular on both sides here a carotid artery yeah carotid artery. Where, where is the jugular i, I is asking is, for a friend is the jugular the same as the carotid artery i don't know but she just just ear to ear does that have anything to do with juggalos <laughs> Anyway, yeah, she's clearly dead. Like, you cannot survive. That's impossible. We were talking about Bill Maher before. I feel like you need to uh, apply to be on the writing staff after that <laughs> oh, one. Oh, God. There. <laughs> so there's a, um, there's a, in, the jugular is more internal. Oh, okay. So I don't know. It's, it's more inside your throat, and then you have your carotid arteries on the sides. Okay. Okay. That, so if you're slitting your throat, you're really slitting the carotids. Probably. Carotid. Oh, depends on how deep you go, I guess. Uh, if I'm putting you in the rear naked choke, it's your carotids. <laughs> Anyway. actually i guess that makes the term go for the jugular make more sense oh, yeah, if you're you going for the jugular in. you're going deep you're going in there yeah. yeah but anyway so she's alive but it does seem like she may be a ghost for a large part of this movie mm-hmm. especially because she's wearing the boilerplate ghost uniform of like wispy white dress yeah night dress and no shoes yeah. and long hair like a ring girl mm-hmm. 
ring girl as in the girl from the ring not yes. like the girls who hang around the, the <laughs> yeah. boxing ring yeah i mean and that's your movie basically it's very i mean for such a simple plot it does get really convoluted i mean just trying to figure out what the actual conflict is i mean i yeah i agree with that i guess i'm glad to hear you say that because this I was is, really confused. I'm just going to admit it. I mean, this has been a long week for me. And I This is unusual for me, but I actually watched this movie in two sittings. I'm going to admit I didn't pay the best attention to it, but I I just felt like it was convoluted, and I got the feeling that I wouldn't have understood it better, and it's it's good to good to have that backed up. Did you feel it was convoluted too, Chris? I watched it in one setting. I understood everything that happened until it started to get into the twists. Which the w- twist <laughs> is fucking bizarre. I don't really understand that very well. Yeah. Um, I watched it in four settings. <laughs> is that a record? <laughs> I had to get my key. Because <laughs> we know you enjoy the multiple, multiple settings. But. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just so goddamn boring, and then I forgot how it ended, so I watch the ending before i drop up here today <laughs> the ending was exciting well we, we may have to go to the spoiler room to talk about that i have some feelings about all that stuff um yeah my main problem with this from a horror perspective it's not really a horror movie for the most part no. you got some things that go bump in the night but like this isn't gonna even the most timid person who doesn't like horror movies is not gonna have to like put their hands over their eyes except for maybe like the gory part of the opening scene and the times they flash back to it um, I would say it's a thriller, but it's not even very thrilling. Right. It's <laughs> really a few like a lifetime movie, kind of. And I'm not saying like because it's it's not thrilling because it's a failure. There just isn't really a lot of action or intrigue no. in most of this thing. <laughs> Maybe it's a failure because it's not thrilling. <laughs> okay. Um, one of the reasons it doesn't really work as a horror movie for me is because it, the only horror element for most of this movie is this ghost girl and well she's also being like fucking stalked like the accident victim what's that dude's name alex Alex starts to basically stalk her i would say there's definitely horror elements to this movie yeah you know her her sanity is obviously not all there i think there's there's plenty of horror elements alex is a different story i was never really afraid of alex though i mean there's some there's a startling there's a startling scene with alex but i felt sorry for him and i also felt sorry for the the girl who was like suicidal like she seemed like she was very fragile in her first scene and so mm-hmm. i'm not really even though she attacked the therapist whenever i saw her i kind of wanted them to just kind of make peace and for the therapist to help the girl i wasn't afraid of the girl necessarily mm. so i don't know yeah i was um, i had pity yeah. for the girl i wasn't afraid of her like i'm afraid of like the ring girl Oh yeah, I, I no, I wasn't afraid of her either. Yeah, I mean, the most of the like horror for me came from the gore, the sort of mystery surrounding the circumstances of Alex's accident, the way he starts like just fucking showing up at her house and being schizophrenic, and her sort of general mental unraveling. None of it worked well, but I thought it was there. There were no. horror elements there. And when you talk about mental unraveling. What frustrates me about this movie is something that frustrates me about a lot of movies where it's like, we've seen a lot of characters who are defined by being like sullen because they've had a trauma or they have a mental distress and it's boring. Like I'm thinking of amnesiac and I'm thinking Mm -hmm. of anguish and I'm thinking about movies where you have a main character who kind of just walks around and doesn't tell anybody anything. Mm. i mean you know and it's hard to carry a movie with that yeah i mean it 
it can be interestingly done, but it's not. It can. It's be. not easy. It can be like in Manchester by the Sea or something. <laughs> That's a good example. Yeah. <laughs> you know, where you have a guy who's very withdrawn, but he's in conflict with characters who are trying to pull him out and then you learn more about him as you go through and and you have a talented writer and a talented performer (laughs) and a talented director putting it together right yeah so this doesn't really do it and i'm kind of kind of bored of seeing that in these netflix movies and the reason i was looking at the production was because i feel like this movie has a good pitch especially when you talk about the twist like you could go into like a dentist's office and say hey dentist i i want your your money because that's what they tell you to do when you're trying to self-finance a film go talk to your dentist because dentists have money (laughs) and um say you know hey here's my idea here's the concept there's this therapist and this happened to her and then but really this happens and that might be like okay that's cool but like there's nothing in the middle of the movie this is a classic movie that like has no second act we're just Mm -hmm. like we start and we end and in the middle it's just filler yeah Yeah, the whole the whole thing hinges on how this new uh patient of hers might be related to what we saw in the opening scene or, and we don't really get many clues in in the the middle section of this, right? Thing. Or at least thematically related, or yeah, like like I so I eventually, like I said, I eventually came to realize, okay, I think this guy just the process of helping him is going to help her, mm-hmm. and so that's the challenge of the movie. It could have been a sweet romantic comedy, really. <laughs> Beauty and the Beast. Our listeners may not know this, probably don't, but I was in a pretty horrific car accident a few weeks ago, and I felt triggered by um like russian doll there were lots of scenes of people getting hit by cars <laughs> mm-hmm. and i actually felt triggered when i was watching it in ways i didn't expect a huge chunk of this movie revolves around alex trying to recall what happened in this yeah. horrific car accident he had it did nothing for me really nothing it at did, all it didn't trigger your no your not at all trauma. i wow. think it, that just speaks to how poor the quality of this movie is <laughs> well yeah because i mean as you start to see how he like presumably got these injuries it always involves like him running out on the road and then just a shot of a semi-truck just blaring down on him with the stereotypical like laying on the semi-truck horn and somehow this man got plastered by a semi-truck and is fine physically except for his face other than his face (laughs) yeah yeah which and there's all those like weird sin city shots too where it's like black and white but his face is covered in yeah you can just see red red blood blood. well it just didn't really work for me because it wasn't very relatable people get hit in accidents like that all the time but i couldn't understand how he got in that accident other than he just chose to walk in the middle of the street for no reason when there was a truck coming right so he's like theoretically According to his story, he's in this accident. He's trying to flag someone down for help and somehow gets hit by a truck. So, I mean, like, yeah, he would have had to literally walk out in front of the fucking truck. I mean, you stand on the side of the road and fucking wave down the truck like Pee Wee Herman trying to hitch a ride in Pee Wee's Herman. (laughs) Pee Wee. (laughs) Pee Wee's Herman Big Adventure. That great film that we all enjoy so much. All right. We should rate it. Yeah. You guys want to rate it? Yeah, we, we should rate it because, at least else? because it's going to be hard to talk more about our man Alex without a face, without going to the yeah. spoiler room. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to get to that. So, so alright, well, we'll rate it. Steven, I think I know, but would you view it, cue it, or screw it? It's just nice to say it. Screw it. <laughs> I have nothing to add to that. <laughs> I, Patrick? Yeah, it's a... I, I'm, I'm going to even go screw it with prejudice. This is, like, maybe one of my top five least favorite movies we've watched for this shit 
Um, it's not quite up there with like a fucking cabin fever too, where it just fucking offends me, but it almost offends me even more because it's so, there's just nothing there. There's just, ah, it's just a blah movie. It's just devoid of actual content in the end, which is funny because there are some lurid twists that we're going to get to in the spoiler room that you would think would maybe like sort of animate this or make it memorable or make it like morally reprehensible, you know, like the way Atud Blanco pissed me off because they burn a kid at the end or whatever. Um, but no, it's just dumb. It doesn't make sense. It's boring. Uh, hated it. What did you think, Chris? All right, I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit. I'm going to still give it a screw it, but I almost wanted to give it a cue it. I did not like the twist that we're going to talk about. If it had just played it kind of straight and tried to tell kind of a sappy movie about this therapist helping this guy recover and there was some spooky stuff going on in the periphery, it would have been boring, but it would have been fine. I would have said, you know what? Sure, watch it. Like, put it in your queue. It'll put you to sleep on some night. You know, you can, like, have six beers and watch this and just, like, kind of lose yourself in the mood. Uh, you'll feel numb. Would you, like, I know what I'm doing tonight? tonight or <laughs> it'll be a good Six time. beers over the course of the hour and 45 minutes? Or? You know, like, I, I don't have any... Uh, I would not screw it with prejudice because I have no animus for this movie. He's I, not going to tell us how to drink these six beers. <laughs> I know. That's a really short time. To, now, if, if, like, me, you watch over the course of four well maybe you had six beers earlier in the night and you're winding down and you lost your copy of the wall so you need to just put something else on it's a beer and a half with each sitting steve that's i think that's what i'm learning here i I can't fault this movie was not offensive to me i didn't think it was you know god bless everyone who made this movie it's just this isn't it Um, god bless them really (laughs) yeah i I got no no. i'll bless them i'll bless them too you know what i'll give them some tokens i'll send them (laughs) some thoughts and prayers some tokens yeah yeah and um there were some glimmers of things in this movie that i thought could have been something it's just it's it's very dull as you can maybe tell by our rather dull conversation about it um Mm -hmm. So screw it, but it, I would even say it's a high screw it because I almost gave it the lowest of cuits, but I can't go there, especially because it just kind of started jerking me around at the end. You know so. what, Chris? There's only three colors on the website. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's true. You can call it a high screw it if you want, but it's That's a screw true. it. Yep, it's a screw it. So too bad for that. But uh, I guess we'll go to the spoiler room and, and talk about the twist and, you know, we'll find out a little bit more about the man without a face. I'm not talking about Mel Gibson, though. He, I, he is someone uh, who is... You can screw with prejudice. (laughs) (laughs) That was dank. (laughs) Wait, why is Mel Gibson the man without a face? Because he starred and directed the 1993 film, The Man Without a Face. Oh. Yeah. Is it really about a man without a face? It's really about a man without a face who's been disfigured in a similar kind of accident. So is it just like muscle? I don't know. I haven't seen it. I saw it at the video store when I was a kid, and I was like, Mom, how come man has no face? And she was like, oh, he was in an accident, sweetie. <laughs> that's cute. And that's why you are the way you are. <laughs> that's, that's yeah, man without a face. All right, well, we'll be back in just a second. If you want to see how the this one turns out, uh, if you want to go check it out yourself, though, and see if uh, you would give it a view it yourself, go for it. Uh, we'll be back in a bit. All I can say is don't Google man without a face. I mean, because number one, like the actual image from the film is laughable. 
That's what a man without Wait, a face looks what? like. Nah. Man um, without a face looks like Harvey Two Face. I mean Only like uh, with nineteen ninety three technology. Alex wishes he looked like that. And shit like this also comes up. Oh, please don't. Oh, oh no. All right, welcome back. We're here in the spoiler room, ready to spoil everything about clinical. Uh, Patrick was just Googling uh, man without a face, and we were looking at all the Google image results. Some horrifying results. Perhaps the most horrifying one was the actual image from man without a face, because boy, does that not live up to the promise of the title. That's not what I imagined looking at the videotape. No. I mean, very disappointing. Half of his face is a bit disfigured. You can just see Mel Gibson being like, I want to, I want to star in this film called Man Without a Face, but don't fuck up my face. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was that Gibson? Yeah, right? That didn't yeah. look like him. That, yeah, that was him? Yeah, I think so. So yeah. maybe his Keep face going. is more fucked up than you thought. Yeah, that's 100% Mel Gibson. No, it's... Yeah, it's 100% Mel Gibson. Oh, okay. Movie magic. Movie magic. Now, the great... I guess I was really focused on the disfigured side of his face, which obviously doesn't look as much like him. That's why if you ask me, Chris, do you prefer Mel Gibson or Tom Cruise? I'm going to say Tom Cruise. Nobody asked them. And one huge reason I love Tom Cruise is even though he's you know as much of a star, A-lister, known, got a great moneymaker, all that stuff, he... <laughs> What is his money maker? What his are we face. talking about? When, We're talking oh, about the okay. face. Oh, okay. He's I was got thinking the, of his, his, his ass. Butt. Yeah. He's got the face in Vanilla Sky. He plays a disfigured man, and he actually fucks up his face and looks like ridiculous for more than half of that movie. And he wears a mask for most of it. In fact. Oh wait. So you're saying you like Tom Cruise more because Tom Cruise went like full disfigurement? He committed. I'm saying when yeah. Tom Cruise decides he's going to star in a movie playing a disfigured man, he doesn't try to preserve his good looks see this is why when you ask me if i'd prefer mel gibson or tom cruise i say neither i say can i pick someone else please can i do a writing candidate no (laughs) you can't i got nothing all right, well, so the man without a face we're talking about today is not Mel Gibson. His name is Alex, and turns out Alex is full of shit, which I was disappointed in, because I was actually, you know, if I was invested in anything in this movie, I wanted to see, like I said, the therapist break through this guy. I was, I kind of liked their relationship, and I thought Alex was a really nice guy. Really? I yeah. Didn't, I didn't but, feel that way about him. I, I guess I just sensed something shady about him the whole time and was basically expecting... Oh, you that- mean, like, the part where he breaks into her house yes yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm, I'm surprised i'm surprised like, that that's been sort of underplayed in our discussion so far or the, like when we were talking about the horror elements before because that is the part where it's like oh something is definitely wrong with alex beyond just like you know him being a mentally troubled guy who went through a traumatic thing like it's like oh there's for sure something weird with this guy well i thought he was just kind of a troubled guy lonely didn't know how to relate to people very well you know, maybe had a little bit of a crush he didn't know what to do with. He was like a sleeper in like a catatonic state when he broke into the house or something. I don't know. I just, I, I he does saw seem to abuse benzos away. or something. But yeah, I mean, he's, I, I thought it was clear that he was set up as kind of a villainous character well, with an ulterior motive. Yeah, well, the twist it's sweet is, that you, but boy, could we never <laughs> have? Could anyone have guessed what the ulterior motive and what like Alex's actual end game is? I because still it's don't so know. fucking insane. It's, yeah, I, I, don't I don't think I really either. understood. It's convoluted, but basically, our the the girl who was like attacked our therapist hero at the beginning, who has been you know the wispy ghost freak the whole movie, who, who has issues, is his daughter. 
It's his daughter, and I guess her beef, the reason that she was troubled in the first place is because she had been, like, sexually abused by her father for a long period of time. So Alex is actually, like, creepy molester who is now has a vendetta against Jane because she, what, interfered? I think he, like, blames her for the girl almost killing herself and being committed. Um, And she blames herself for that, too, which is a kind of a subplot that we haven't really gotten into. But Oh, and we didn't talk about that he, like, tricks her into killing her boyfriend, which makes no fucking sense either. Well, we haven't talked about that, because that would be a spoiler room discussion. And we're in the spoiler room I know, but we've kind of skipped ahead to the final, and this happens before all that. Well, I guess it does happen before all that, but yeah. I mean, don't don't call me on in the technicality. (laughs) (laughs) But that all is bullshit, too. Wait, who does she kill? Who does she think she kills instead of killing her boyfriend? She thinks it's the girl in the house. the girl's come back. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And so she stabs her in the neck with a a, uh, corkscrew. Corkscrew. Interesting weapon. Yeah, that's never been done before. I I thought I was playing uh, Clue for a minute. They were in the kitchen. She's got the corkscrew. Didn't use the candlestick. (laughs) I don't think there's a corkscrew in Clue, is there? There is when I play. (laughs) (laughs) And he's not playing a board game. (laughs) But, uh... Yeah, and then it turns out Alex actually, like, sneaked into the house, like, Splinter Cell style, and... Drugged her. Ambiguous drugs and injected her in between her toes so no one would find it, and and it made her trip balls. A drug that he somehow knew and predicted in advance would make her specifically hallucinate to kill her boyfriend. It's so dumb. It makes no sense. It's not good. It's not good. It makes no sense. And, like... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I'm, go ahead. You're, you're in the middle I'm, of something. I'm just consumed with rage right now. Like, so, I mean, do you I'm, need to talk to a therapist? I, I do. <laughs> I, need to, I need to do some confrontation therapy, I think, <laughs> if, I, if I could actually figure out what the fuck that is. You know, there's this twist that Alex actually sexually abused... What's the girl's name? Nobody, we don't remember. Who cares? Nobody remembers. I want to say Nobody it was like cares. Zara or something. Zara, wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's where your mind goes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So we find out that Alex... Nora. It was Nora. There we go. Nora, Zara. Nora. Yeah. So we find out that Alex sexually abused Nora. And you know, I was talking before about how this movie didn't like offend me in the end the way that Atsud Blanco did. And now I'm wondering why that is, because that's such an obnoxious, lurid, unnecessary twist. Yeah. And I don't know why I didn't respond to it so strongly. And I think it's because it just comes out of nowhere. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, Atsud Blanco, at least, there's a whole thing about that they might have to sacrifice a kid. There's this white coffin, whatever. And more or less, if you're a normal, rational person, you're hoping that's not going to have to happen in the end. <laughs> in this, there's no reason. Why? Like, why? It's just why? it's just these... I didn't react to it because I was just like, that's stupid. It doesn't... Like, yeah. they weren't characters I, I cared about. Because no one had done the work to make me care about Alex or Nora. Yeah. And, and so it's just like, okay, rape? What? That's on us. Okay, whatever. Did I miss something? Like, is there was there something else going on with the car crash? Or was that just a MacGuffin? Oh, that's oh, yes. the Oh, yeah, yeah. So, oh, yeah, that's oh, fucked yes. up. This is, this is just, it's, it's the Rube Goldberg, like, script writing. They, like... So, like, <laughs> what, yeah, what happened? He... Did so he disfigure he was, his own face? No, he was actually attacked by Nora. But oh, right. But Nora is actually there's like they're still like together though for the events of this movie, which doesn't really make sense because I guess she like 
sliced up his face and then went to the office and like sliced up the therapist and then was committed and then all right they released her from the asylum and she ends up right back with the father doing his bidding i don't really understand and he's driving away after she's like carved him up and to have an excuse for his face being carved up he drives into the semi-truck because they're not not gonna put him on the transplant list Uh and he actually like explains this he to get a face transplant i guess you're excluded from a face transplant if your daughter who you've been sexually assaulting for years actually carved up your face so you need a better story than that and which still mysteriously doesn't kill or cripple or just absolutely incapacitate him well he driving into a semi truck he didn't drive like entirely into a semi truck his car got fucked up and he got fucked up but like not it wasn't like he got plastered like he did in his version of events i feel like we still see the same image though Although, the semi truck like you? bearing down on him and it looks like a direct collision he's in the car yeah he's in the car when he gets yeah. hit and yeah, yeah but why wouldn't he just tell that story when you lie you're supposed to keep your lies as close to the truth as you can he, he was, <laughs> not that you know anything about this <laughs> he was in a bona fide car rack with a semi truck and that's what the doctors know and that's how he got the face why doesn't he just stick with that story when he talks to the therapist instead of saying oh you know actually there was these people and i had to save them and then i got blah 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 that's so dumb i don't know so do we have anything else to say about this shit show oh well how about when our protagonist question mark rips his face off yeah so so right so basically oh my god now our hero is in a asylum herself she's been committed much like our hero in amnesiac ends up in the asylum because she went crazy and killed her boyfriend well she escapes the asylum and immediately gets captured by disfigured alex who's hiding in like right by her car because apparently he's been staking out the hospital every night trying to find a way to abduct her and then and wait why is he her car there into the arms i don't know if it's her car i don't know <laughs> anyway like she didn't commit herself they go home jane gets tied up next to the christmas tree this is a christmas movie by the way because it takes place at christmas a lot of christmas which is multiple christmases and one thing i learned from facebook is if a movie takes place on christmas it's a christmas movie and everything else is irrelevant i digress anyway so alex menaces her under the christmas tree has his villainous monologue i don't even know i mean he but the one thing i did like about this is alex reveals a side of himself that's like a lot more confident and calculated than what we've seen of him so far so there's a switch there that was cool all right he goes batshit i I can't co-sign that but all right she escapes they have a little chase through the house much like home alone and um (laughs) Yeah, that was my first thought, too. This she's, is just like She's Home trying Road. to climb out the window. Like she's Kevin not McCallister. the poor man's Uma Thurman. She's the poor man's Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. No, that's just Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> uh, Chris is going to put us in timeout. <laughs> it culminates with a thrilling sequence where... <laughs> Where she's trying to escape out a window, he like grabs her wrist. They're they're fighting, and she reaches up and grabs his face and tears off his face or like part of his face and falls. Yep, she's already stabbed him in the neck too. That's important because that is actually a fatal wound. Tears it off as if it's the prosthetic that it is. Yeah. Then she blacks out. She wakes up. She enters the house. I mean, faces don't just rip off like that. It's a transpla- so, freshly transplanted face. It's not freshly. It's been that uh, way for been a year. 
Oh, yeah. That's it's, enough time for it to set, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the glue's dried on that, baby. Dry, yeah. <laughs> anyway, she comes in the house. Our man Alice. You've used hot glue before, Chris. You know this doesn't take long. <laughs> <laughs> he's sitting on the couch, and like the final shot of the movie is she looks at him, and he's now dead from the wound in the neck, mm-hmm. I guess. And he's like, apparently tore off the rest of his face and he's just sitting there with like kind of a skull face and it's pretty cool and <laughs> i was ready for another five minutes of the movie me too me too yeah where the i thought he was gonna wake up I and know. chase her through the house how again how could they not do that how could they not do that i'm so fear i would definitely have given it a cue it if we had another five minutes of the skull face man menacing her in the house okay i don't want to i don't want another five minutes i want to take away five minutes from elsewhere in the film and reallocate it sure. to that yeah i was gonna say i'm really envious of your experience of wanting another five minutes of this movie at any point <laughs> in the movie it's a great visual it's creepy it's batshit have him chase her through the house with a knife while he's got no face. Yeah, but where does it go from there? I, I'm forgetting the That's actual. The end. Oh, that is the end. Yeah, cut the credits. Yeah, it's over. It's over. And that. So my second. And we haven't learned a goddamn thing. My second favorite <laughs> ending would be, you look at him, he's dead, and then he just like like jolts and screams, and that's the end of the movie. <laughs> some kind of a new segment where chris like rewrites the shitty movies well i would rewrite it would all, if i rewrote this it would all take place in the office park where her office was on like christmas eve because that's kind of sure. where it starts she's like it's like a few day, nights before christmas it's dark she's all alone in the office coffee pots on she's catching up on her calls and her paperwork then the kid comes in and, and attacks her Set the whole thing in that office building. That'd be great. It'd be a totally different movie because she's like seeing patients. It'd be like Halloween 2. Yeah, I want to (laughs) see Halloween 2 where she's in here and there's a guy that she's already given therapy to who's cut off his face out of madness because she gave him too many drugs and he's stalking her in the the halls. Sure. Sure. Why not? Why not? So (laughs) what do we think happens to her? Is she going to jail? I wish I cared. I mean, the movie clearly doesn't, doesn't give us any clues whatsoever. I think she's going to beat the rap. I don't know, though. She's Do you got, think she's going to change, though? She, become a better therapist? Stop abusing drugs? Who, everyone who can testify on her behalf, though, is dead, though. All her friends are dead by the end of the movie because the maniac kills them all and cuts up their faces and leaves them around the house. Oh, so the assumption is just going to be that she fucked up one of her patients and she can tell him about the because the guy confessed that he gave her a drug and stuff so she could try to make that case but it's probably already out of her system all mm. they got is this you know that she stabbed people and killed everybody mm. i don't know I, maybe they need to make a sequel hope not but i'm not interested if she goes to jail i want to know how this affects her emotionally right and i can't imagine she's going to be better for this experience than she was like, there was no catharsis in what she did. No, I mean, because she was... In the end, she realizes that she really was being gaslit. So there's no reason for her to think that there is really anything wrong with her. No. What do you mean, anything wrong with her? I mean, that she's a terrible therapist, that she's a drug abuser. Mm. I'm not sure she's supposed to be a terrible therapist in this movie. Really? I think that's how you're reading it, like... You know, knowing what good therapists are like, but I think she was supposed to actually be a good therapist. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. She yeah, just needed, I think we're supposed to think she's good at She just job. needed to find the confidence to return to her work with trauma victims. 
And I don't think that the events of this movie are going <laughs> to give her that confidence. No. Okay. So, sorry, Jane. I guess she's going to be a Walmart greeter when she gets out of the asylum. So what are we watching next, Chris? Well, you know, we were talking and, and we had uh, such a bad time with this movie that we all decided to watch Velvet Buzzsaw as a palate cleanser. And so next week we're going to be talking about Velvet Buzzsaw, the new Netflix original horror film that everybody's talking about. Or was talking about. I can't wait to see the buzzsaw. I can't wait to see the velvet. <laughs> so uh, join us then. That's that's really all we got to say. Um, until next time, for every horror movie on Netflix, I'm Clinical Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Post Traumatic Patrick. <laughs> um, I'm just Steven, as always. <laughs> uh, see you next time, everybody. 